Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. We've been looking at Psalm 118, written centuries before Jesus lived, and we're looking at how that became the script of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and exaltation. And it's a Passover psalm. This is what's interesting is it's one of the psalms that Jews of Jesus's day recited, read, sang as part of the observance of Passover every year. And that was the week that Jesus came to Jerusalem, was crucified and rose from the dead. It really is amazing how the Holy Spirit had foretold this story, planned this story and fulfilled this story that we read in Psalm 118. Verse 25, when the people praised Jesus with the palm branches before him and behind him as he entered Jerusalem that Sunday of Passover week, yelling, save us, we pray, O Lord, verse 25 of Psalm 118. Now, that was the Hebrew phrase, Hoshiana, which we read in our Bibles, Hosanna, as Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem. And then verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then in the last episode, we saw how verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus quoting this as referring to himself as what is happening. He is being rejected by the religious leaders, but he is the cornerstone of building his temple, building the kingdom of God, building the church. Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So then we look at some other verses in Psalm 118 with all this in mind, and we see the bigger story, and we can see how the Bible is summoning us, especially in Psalm 118, it's summoning us to enter this story, to see this story as God calling us into a bigger life, a better story, what the Bible calls salvation, being saved. It's not dying and going to heaven, it's being a part of heaven when it comes back to earth in a restored earth, a healed creation, a restored resurrected body, a healed self, a true self that God meant to have you be when he created you in his image. Sin has marred you. Sin has distorted you. You've lived a life in a world that's been in many ways harassed by the kingdom of darkness. And that harassment has affected you, diseased you, diseased your soul. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says in John 10.10. And that's been happening in your life and my life, all of our lives. But God is not going to let us just decay away. He has become our salvation. So verse 14, because of all of what this has been foreshadowing of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, verse 14 says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now, that really is a direct quote from Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. It says the same thing. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. That's a song, a a poem, a psalm that was written by Moses' sister after the Israelites crossed through the sea on the dry land into the land on the other side as they were being delivered from slavery in Egypt. 
This is why this psalm is one of the Passover psalms. Passover was about that whole event. And so this verse in Psalm 118, verse 14, is a direct quote from that psalm because this is a Passover psalm, and it's all telling us that this is all part of the same story. The exodus of the Jews, the Israelites, I should say, from their slavery in Egypt was always a foreshadowing picture of God's ultimate salvation of creation and his people being delivered from our bondage to sin, the forces of darkness, the decay that has stolen our lives, and the death that we are sentenced under because of sin, and being brought out of that slavery through the water of impossibility, through the water of death, Jesus's death, breaking through the other side of death to the other side of resurrection and being our resurrection and bringing us into a new land that was always foreshadowing the ultimate bigger story. And so Psalm 118 is picking that up and reminding us of the story. It's the story this psalm is telling that Jesus fulfilled in becoming the one who is entering Jerusalem. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In some sense, all of these verses are like a telescope. You know, a telescope, and the old kind of telescope, where you would kind of collapse it and then stretch it out and look. The Bible does that with its prophetic statements. They are fulfilled to some degree at the time that they are written, and then they are fulfilled to some degree at the time of Jesus, and then they are ultimately fulfilled when Jesus comes back and restores his creation. So this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It was true with the Israelites when they crossed the Red Sea. It was true of Jesus when he died on the cross but was risen from the dead. And it's ultimately going to be what God's people say when Christ returns in our resurrected bodies on a resurrected world, brought through the sea of death, brought through this darkness of what is human history and the condition of the human soul, the condition of human sin and death, thorns, thistles, dust, brought through the impossibility of that sea into a promised land, a land of restoration of life, of salvation, in a body that's risen from the dead, not just resuscitated, but risen from the dead in a resurrected body without death, without sin, a body of glory, a body of power, a body that's immortal, a body that is also spiritual, can see the spirit world symbiotically related to the physical world, just like Adam and Eve before sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, the first foreshadowing presence of heaven on earth. That phrase, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation, appears over and over throughout the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, there's a version of it. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. Now think of what that word salvation means in the Bible, not the typical misunderstanding, but the real way, this healing, this resurrected body, this restored earth. God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God, for Yahweh God, is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This he has become my salvation is this act of salvation that God has done finally in Jesus. 
And it is what we will truly say in a telescoping kind of way. It was true in the days of Israel's deliverance. It was true in the day of Jesus' resurrection. It will ultimately be what all of God's people say at the day of resurrection and restoration. He has become my salvation. And so even now, the Lord is my strength and my song. This idea of a song of praise, of uplifting our eyes, seeing vertically, not just horizontally, lifting our eyes and seeing that the I am, God, is my strength. And he is my song of rejoicing. He is my song of salvation. Just like the song that Miriam, the, the sister of Moses, led the Israelites in after they crossed the Red Sea. He is my song even today. When I live by faith in this story, he is my song because he has become my salvation. He is my salvation in an already not yet kind of way. Already, because we are already in this story, Jesus has already died on the cross, risen from the dead, but not yet. He has not returned. We have not had our resurrection. The earth is not yet restored. So we live in this already not yet reality where God, the Lord, is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Verse 15, back in Psalm 118, glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. Now, people lived in tents back then. They didn't, the, the average house was a tent. So the families of the righteous, the homes of the righteous, glad songs of salvation. So verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord, the deeds of he is, the deeds of Yahweh. Now, the, the, the psalmist died, right? So I shall not die, but live is not literal to the time of the writing of this psalm, but it is literal in this bigger story of salvation. I shall not die. I mean, I will, but Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall live even though he dies. And so I shall not die. I shall die physically a while, but it will not be death. I shall live. I shall have a resurrection because Jesus has come. He was the Passover lamb. He was the sacrifice. The stone the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes because he has risen from the dead. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Verse 15, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Remember, the right hand is a New Testament phrase. It picks up Psalm 110, verse 1. It says, sit at my right hand until I make the enemies of God a footstool for your feet, until I make your enemies the footstool for your feet. In other words, Jesus is at the right hand of God. He was risen from the dead, Paul says in Ephesians 2, and seated at the right hand of God. This right hand of God is repeated over and over in the New Testament as true of Jesus, our Savior, the Christ, the victorious one, the risen one, the one who is bringing about the salvation of God. And so when this psalm talks about the right hand of the I am does valiantly, it's again part of this bigger story of what this psalm is telling us of what's going to be accomplished, that Passover of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, but his death on the cross, resurrection, and also what's ultimately going to be accomplished through his salvation that he brings. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Now, this is, you know, obviously very biblical kind of words. We don't usually talk like this. But we can learn to think this way because I think it's important that we learn to think in the biblical language that's trying to teach us the bigger story. God is my salvation. He is my song. I shall recount the deeds of the Lord. He came. He did miracles. He died on the cross for me. He rose from the dead for me. I shall recount the deeds of the Lord. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. This is the bigger story. I shall recount the deeds of the Lord. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. And then verse 19 says, Open to me the gate. And this is very image, poetic language. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the I am, to give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. Now, this is, I think, temple kind of language. The gates to the temple, the gates to the presence of God. And I think of this language, I think of outside the gates is danger. Outside the gates is the thorns and thistles and dust and death of this current world of darkness. This world where the principalities and powers of darkness are doing their thing to kill, steal, and destroy. Inside the gate is salvation. Inside the gate is safety. Inside the gate is security. Inside the gate is belonging and community and joy and rejoicing where God has become my song of salvation. So Jesus says in John 10, 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Now he's using the imagery of sheep in a pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. This is this gate, this door that Jesus is. He's the gate. He's the one now that we enter through, his death, his resurrection. He is our good shepherd in the context of that verse. And we enter through the gate where behind the gate there is safety. Behind the gate there is belonging. Behind the gate there is salvation. When the last chapters of the Bible are describing this restored earth and the presence of God returning to earth, and it's describing in Revelation 21, 26, says this, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it, this, this new heaven and new earth on the earth. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This Lamb that was sacrificed for our sin has a metaphorical book of life, and only those whose names are written in the book of life will be able to be a part of what is behind the gates, poetically speaking. This this new Jerusalem, this new city of God, this new community that Jesus has been building all throughout history. This is in Psalm 118, it's the gates of righteousness. This is the gate of the Lord, verse 20. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. That, that in 
the death and resurrection of Jesus. He has given us his righteousness. But this righteousness is real. It's a community where there is righteousness. No jealousy, no pride, no hatred, no violence, no insecurities. And so Revelation tells us the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. That it's continuing the human story on earth. But nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I need to have my name written in the Lamb's book of life so that I can have a death for my sins and a resurrection and a righteous body so that I can belong behind the gates. Jesus is the gate. This is poetic language all throughout the Bible, this idea of the gates of righteousness, entering through the gates, giving thanks to Yahweh because he has become my salvation. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. So the last chapter of the Bible describing this new creation, Revelation 22, verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. So this is what gives us the right to enter through the gates to this temple, to this city, to this imagery of being part of the new creation and the restored beautiful, glorious earth in resurrected bodies. Blessed are those who wash their robes. This is the washing our robes in the blood of Jesus is another place that it says this, that they may have the right to the tree of life. Going back to the now, the first chapters of the Bible and this image of the tree of life. We eat from it. We live forever. The tree of life is God himself. The tree of life is Jesus himself in some way. And we may go through the gates. Jesus is the gate into the city. Verse 17 of Revelation 22 says, The spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. And so we are invited to come. We are invited to enter this story. We're invited to enter through the gate, which is Jesus. We're invited to enter into this story so that God becomes our salvation. And we do that by making this our story. We do that by learning to praise and worship God with these truths. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. We're recounting the deeds of the Lord when we contemplate the Lord's glory, as we contemplate the word of God and this story that he gives us, and we contemplate who he is as our salvation, what he has done to give us salvation. We're recounting the deeds of Jesus in his death and resurrection. And because Jesus died and because Jesus rose from the dead, this story is already happening. And I can be a part of this story when he is the lamb. He is the one who makes me righteous. He is the one who qualifies me to enter through the gate, into the temple, into the city. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. I give thanks to you, my Father in heaven, because you are my strength 
and you are my song. You are the reason I can rejoice today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice and be glad because you are my salvation. You are my renewal. You are my security. You are my belonging. You are my life. You are my forgiveness of all my sins. You are my righteousness given to me, the righteousness of Jesus, the white robe of Christ. I wear your white robe as I enter through the gate. You are my gate. You are the one who allows me to enter into this new story. And I give praise to you. And I give thanks to you. And I lift up my eyes vertically to see you as the context of my life, the context of all my circumstances today, the context of my day. I shall not die, but I shall live. And I will recount the deeds of the Lord today. Today I recount that Jesus has died for me. Today I recount that you have risen from the dead to give me a resurrection from the dead so that I can be in this new story. Just like crossing the Red Sea on dry land, you have done this for me in the death and resurrection of Jesus. You are my strength. You are my song of rejoicing today. You are my salvation. You are my glad song of salvation today, Lord. I lift up my eyes. You are my glad song of salvation. You are the reason I can rejoice today. Because you have made this day. You have made this story. And you are summoning me into this story. And I want to walk through Jesus as the gate into this story. Into this salvation. I shall not die, but I shall live. Open for me the gates of righteousness. Because you are my righteousness. And you are the gate. You are the one who opens this gate for me, Lord Jesus, and I enter through you. I trust you. I believe your promises. I recount all your deeds, and I enter through you the gate of righteousness, and I enter into the gates of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. You've inclined your ear to my voice. You hear me. And you have become my salvation because you love me, because you are good and the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And I give praise to you and I worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.